Hi, I'm Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Rafael McManus. You are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast, and we are in Mexico City. We have a special guest. We are here with Emerson Nowatney. Come on. Let's go. Our Let's good, go. good friend. Um, you've been out here for four years now? Three years. Three years. Yeah. It feels COVID just felt like twice as long. <laughs> and we actually haven't been back to the city in a year. So it it's kind of feels like we're revisiting a long lost home. Yes. And we're in the middle of the new home for Mosaic, Mexico. Yes. All right. Give us a quick rundown of what we got around this here. Hey, so thank you for uh, this Privilege and honor to be on Battle Ready. I'm a huge fan, as you can tell. <laughs> he's I'm geared he, up. Right before he came in, he's like, is this too much? Is this too much? I'm so it's, sorry. It's just enough. It's just enough. I wasn't sure if we were going to shoot. Uh, I'm sorry. He's got right our Battle Ready jockey shorts on underneath. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is our new home, and it's so exciting to have you guys see it in person. I know we we FaceTimed, and, yeah. and, and you guys saw it uh, through the phone, but... Now seeing it in person, I'm so excited and it's so meaningful. Um, so this is a space is uh, going to be multi-purpose. You know, yeah. our our offices. We've been working out of my home, <laughs> and now that we have twins, yeah. my wife has said, "You got to go. Time to go." <laughs> time to- <laughs> you have you have tw- you just had twin boys during COVID. Yes, sir. And you already th- have a boy, Lincoln, <laughs> and they're three months old. Three months old. That is crazy. Uh, London, slept, London and Luca. London and Luca. So and then, Lincoln, London and Luca. Yes, sir. All right. Three so good. And so good. <laughs> um, okay. So what, what, you, what Emerson was saying is that we are now in like the new office slash, you know, it'll be church for a while. You guys have been shut down as long as we have. Yes, sir. We pretty much all shut down last March, I guess. Yeah. Almost. So it's over a year now. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Insane. And now you're gutting this building and creating a new spot, and it's like right in the heart of Roma. It's yeah, pretty so amazing. So you moved from basically Contessa, yeah, to Roma, po- Polanco. Polanco, yeah, Polanco, Polanco, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, for everyone who doesn't know Mexico City, which I'm assuming is most of uh, our our listeners, yes, sir, give us a contrast of like the areas around here, like Polanco, Contessa, Juarez, Roma. Yeah, so you know, uh, we initiated uh, from scratch. In our home, and that's our session today, starting from scratch. Starting from scratch, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. And you know, uh, I, I can still remember the words you told me. Hey, you're going to start at home. The story of Mosaic is is your home, and uh, once you get to uh, 300, call me. You know, so yeah. we called you, and and uh, we, we started on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, yeah. just doing Bible studies, and it grew and it grew. And I think I thought thought the core values like. A thousand times, we're just <laughs> teaching the core values to our people, and then and then uh, we launched in Polanco with with both of you. Right. Uh, we launched uh, in Polanco, and we're in a, we were in Antara until the until COVID hit, and uh, we had to shut down, and and just went to homes, and we've been in homes, and now we've been, you know, we talked about this building and what you guys thought, and uh, we were inspired by Pasadena, inspired by Mosaic Hollywood. All the remodel that you guys are doing. And you guys did Venice together. We did Venice we together. Did. Yeah. From you, scratch. You left me. <laughs> you left me. We were in Venice together and neither one of us went to the beach ever. So we were laughing there. Like you put us in Venice to start Venice. Right. And and it, we were just, and then you told me pretty early on that you were going to go to Mexico City. Yeah. Which was, which was awesome. And we started Mexico City together. I remember we did the first interest night. You came every I single time. It was crazy. 
So, so you guys have been starting from scratch for a while, Venice Beach. For, and, for five years now. And Mexico City. Four years now. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Now, I, now the, the first event that I was a part of before we started the church was in the Shakespeare Theater. Yes, sir. And now what city is that in? That's in Condesa. Condesa. Okay. Yeah. So I remember we... I remember we started kind of in Condesa. Yeah. And it was cool because that was kind of an open event to artists and creatives. Yeah. It wasn't um, a church event. No. It was um, uh, an event we built around the artists and soul. Artists and soul. And we just uh, did a kind of an invite across the country for anyone who saw themselves as an artist, a creative, and maybe they felt they were outside of, of the church. And, yeah. And we had a packed little theater. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. And it was almost like it was a window where we could see the things to come. Yeah. You know, and so I'm going to ask you guys some questions since you both actually started from scratch together. <laughs> sure. And um, there's probably people listening and not um, all of them would be like pastors or church starters, but maybe some of them are entrepreneurs that yeah. they want to start a business or maybe they're in the early stages of, of trying to make a dream a reality. Yeah. And so let's, uh, let's talk about before you know it's going to work, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and then we'll talk about what, what's happening here. But um, even looking back on like on Venice Beach and looking here, um, what would you say? Like, what, what what's the starting point? You come to Mexico City, you and Christina and Lincoln, yeah, and um, and so how did how did what's the first thing you started doing? Well, I think the first thing uh, that I've learned is one. Uh, to listen to you, you know, <laughs> just the importance of having a leader, a pastor, uh, someone over my life, the, the necessity of that. I know that uh, I wanted to come here a long time ago and um, it just wasn't, it wasn't the time. Mm -hmm. And even though in my young heart, I was ready, you know, but I really wasn't. And I think Venice was a huge uh, eye opening and helped us, help me see to start something with you, Aaron, together and yeah. You know, build it to 500 and, you know, it got crazy. crazy. Went to Mosaic Venice, Santa Monica, you know, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> everywhere. The name was crazy. <laughs> Everything was crazy. And it was, yeah, just so it was much called fun. Mosaic Venice in Santa Monica for a while. Mosaic Venice in Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah. and it, was just, all, it was on Wednesday night. Yeah. So. Even the, just the basic uh, things that we learned of finding the venue. I mean, we looked everywhere for a venue. We, it was like a nightmare to try to find a spot. And... Um, you just see the Rose Room, you know, when, when we saw it, it, it wasn't even big enough, but it were like, okay, let's just try it here. And, mm -hmm. and so all those lessons that taught, I learned in, in Venice, uh, I, I, I implemented them here, you know. One, staying super connected to both of you and, and then launching it at our house, you know, and doing a couple of interest nights in, in Roma and where you were. And it yeah, was so much crazy. fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> all right, so you have an interest night, but... How do you find out who's interested? <laughs> like, how do you get, how do you, not even, not, not, not how do you get the word out, but who do you get the word out to? Yeah. I mean, well, it's kind of crazy because when we were doing Venice in Santa Monica, which was a joke for a long time, so it was like Mosaic <laughs> Venice, in, it doesn't matter, it's whatever. It was real. Then it was Mosaic Venice back in Santa Monica, back in Venice. <laughs> um, but, but you had two leaders that were driving up yeah. from Tijuana. Tijuana. Every yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. And then driving back yeah. to Tijuana, it was Hanita and Otto. Yes. Now they're here. They're here. They're some of your leaders. Yeah. And they have a baby yeah. and they live around the corner yeah. from us <laughs> and from right here. And, and it's they just, live upstairs from one of the coolest little, coolest little restaurants. Spots. Yeah. restaurants yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's interesting to kind of see how people have like progressed and have like followed you through 
even just from back then, something that was just maybe an idea to then now it's a reality. Yeah. And now you've seen such great success because in the first year yeah. you grew to like a few thousand yeah. and then it was, you know, one small interest night. So then like yeah. thousands of people and speaking four times, five times every Sunday to yeah. hundreds of people and thousands of people at conferences and pastors all over the South, like Latin America. And I know it's been really important for you to have a presence in Latin America and mm -hmm. in Mexico City. But I, I don't think Mexico City was really like on our, it was, I know we talked about it, but it wasn't like necessarily, no one from America was going to Mexico City five years ago oh, when no. we first started talking about we should go to Mexico City. Yeah, Mexico City is like super trendy now. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it last wasn't night. when we first there's, came here. There's yeah. so many, like, it's funny that like you grew up in LA or even just us, you know, being half a Salvadorian, you're pretty light skinned. Mm. Then you come to Mexico and people are like all everything. From the darkest, the dark, to the lightest nice, of the light. Yeah. Yeah. They're like whiter than my little sister. <laughs> well, a lot know? of people think that Latin Americans all look the same. Mm. And, and so mixed and so kind of really like eclectic, which yeah. is really cool. And when I'm here in Mexico City, I'm one of the darker people that sometimes <laughs> I go around. And, and, uh, yeah. there are, uh, and But there's so many Americans right now. That was my point. Yeah. Right? It's like you see, these, you see people and you're like, oh my gosh, like there's so many American English speakers. So did that happen over COVID or was it been that, like that for a little bit? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, I think it's both, you know, it's yeah. just, it, it did happen a little uh, over COVID and, and just, it's becoming a thing and there's more designers, more, more, uh, more influence coming to the city. But, you know, I want to say something that uh, a lot of people don't, don't realize, but, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Mosaic Mexico is in the thousands and uh, it's not just because uh, of one person, you know, uh, it's not me. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, your father is amazing. Yeah. You're amazing, but you did something that a lot of people don't know and you've invested in Mexico. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's actually certain people that uh, made this happen that people don't even know their names. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, a girl named Vivi Serna. Mm -hmm. We call her our evangelist, but she was your friend. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like she, was, <laughs> she yeah. wasn't my friend. She was your friend. And, uh, and then we went on live. Mm-hmm. The midweek before we were flying here. Yeah. And right? That yeah. was it. Yeah. We went on I Instagram Live. Mm -hmm. And like the the moment we went on Instagram Live, it went to like top Instagram Live. She had like a ton of followers, yeah. hundreds of thousands at the time now, like maybe yeah. a million or something. Well, after and, she did Narcos, I'm sure she has a lot of influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But then yeah. she was kind of the first person. And she was like the, the person who just invited everyone. Everybody. She showed us around. She was like our tour guide. She yeah. invited like her and then she had her boyfriend who was who wasn't around at the time because he was playing in a yeah. different city yeah. in Europe. But then he was connecting us to people. And it was just interesting how it just went person by person by relationship. Yeah. People opening doors, being so loud yeah, about it's so it. So beautiful to see that. Yeah. You know, what strikes me is like if you're um, starting a company, you want to sell a product, you know, a lot of times people create a product and try to convince people they need it. And other people create a product that people actually need. Yeah. And if, if you're creating something that people actually need, you're not really starting from scratch because mm. the need's already there. Oh, wow. And I think it's the same way when the way you're describing what started in Venice Beach, what started here in Mexico City is that, yes, you're starting from scratch, but but there was already something there. There was an itch that you you had, you came yeah. to scratch. So there was a need that was there. And there were people that were desperate and they were longing for a, a fresh, authentic expression of faith. Yeah. And then you and and then the highest commodity is actually people. Mm. You know, so then you go, oh, there, there are people like Viviana and others, you know, um, who uh, became like so critical because 
their greatest resource was their influence and their relationships and uh, the trust people had in them. Yeah. And, and they were willing to, in a sense, cash in that influence mm. um, for the sake of connecting people to Jesus, yeah. connecting people to the church. Yeah, and to a church like Mosaic. Yeah, where so the friends were safe. It was so different than anything that was here at the yes, time, too, it was. which is crazy. It is. Yeah, and I know that was like a huge, I'm sure, culture shock for like a pretty like Catholic background yeah. city where anything that isn't Catholic is deemed a, a cult. Yeah. <laughs> like like the, the Catholic Church has a complete monopoly yeah. on Mexico City and a lot of them yeah. in Latin America. And it's funny you mentioned Mexico City because Mexico City and Guadalajara, like the, the center of yeah. Mexico is very, very Catholic. Very mm-hmm. Catholic. But Mosaic resonates mm-hmm. with Catholic. Right. And what I, I think is really uh, special about the way you've approached it is that you didn't come here against the Catholic Church. Mm. In fact, one of your good friends is a priest. Yeah. All right, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> he <laughs> actually came when uh, the, the, the time you came to speak. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he brought 15 friends. So cool. And, uh, you so know, you have a priest who is an evangelist who brings people to Mosaic. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's closer to me than any other pastor in the city. He's a really good friend of mine, and he comes all the time. We talk all the time. and. Awesome. You know, he's he's telling he's giving me updates about COVID and when the church can open, you know, <laughs> updates I don't even know about, uh, awesome. you know, because one of the things we've learned from you, Pastor Erwin, is just how do we uh, how do we open in, in, a, in a very strategic and smart way without uh, offending the people that don't know God? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's such a concern for us. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need to make enemies, mm. you know. And in fact, Jesus said, if they're not against you, they're for you, mm. you know. And, and I think it's just a better approach toward life. You yeah. see, in a sense, everyone on your side, whether they realize it or not. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm going to try to extract principles here. Because both of you um, have really put a high value in identifying people who you're going to build mm. the core around. Yeah. And... And anyone who's ever done anything from scratch, it doesn't matter if it's a church or a business, knows that a lot of times there are people that you hire or people that volunteer. You think they're going to be there with you for life and then something goes wrong or something goes bad or or they just move or something like that. And then you've lost the people you've built on. What are the things you look for um, in in a leader? Like if someone's uh, listening right now. One thing you've always talked about is that Sorry, I cut you off a little yeah, bit, yeah. but, no, but you, so you're going to ask multiple questions, so I'm going to hit the first one first. <laughs> okay. The one, thing, one thing that you always talk about is that the people you start with are never the people you finish with. Mm. And it's always like, it's you, you should always treat the person who has been there the whole time as like a rare commodity wow. and be so grateful that he made it or she made it or survived through all of the good and the bad. Yeah. But there's, yeah. I mean, we talk about this, like there's always the conversation of, is that person still around or is this person still yeah. around? And it's always like, hey, no, maybe yes, maybe no. Yeah. But there's always new people coming through especially being in major cities where it's so transient it's so like in la we talk about this all the time like so many people leave la so quickly during covid i feel like half the kids that were serving on teams or being a part of you know whether it was whether it was music whether it's business whether they're all they're on mac in the midwest or in texas or in the south and then i i do know that that's something that we talk about or that we you talk about that we've always talked about is like be really grateful for people's season with you, wow. whether it's business, whether it's church. And that, and even now I'm like, I want as little drama as possible with people. <laughs> and and so I'm like, hey, if you want to go, go. I'm happy for you. I'll send you there. I'll yeah. send you wherever you want to go. I think it's important to not be offended when someone doesn't stay with you as long as you thought they were going to stay with you. Yeah. 
And it's hard, right? Because oh, you're going to be, you, you pour your life into people, you love them, you're committed to them, and then you feel like they just cut bait or, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's easy to put life in the category of betrayal. <laughs> they were betraying me. And, uh, yeah. and the reality is that one, um, you should be grateful when people give you a season in their life, but yeah. two, um, not everyone is supposed to stay with you the whole time. Mm. You, you know, it, it could be, an important part of their journey, yeah. but you're not their whole journey, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then just to celebrate because God is gonna bring new people. Yeah. And, and, and when someone shifts and does something else, it opens up an, an, uh, an opportunity that maybe you would have never made available to anyone else. Wow. Right? Because so you had some crazy people who moved to Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. Some of them didn't even speak Spanish. No. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them. I forgot about yeah, yeah. 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 Jonathan, Nimitz. Jonathan Nimitz yeah. and Pat. Patricio, yeah. So crazy. And their wives, you know, and yeah. they were out here for a year and they gave us a year of their life. And and then we just uh one day they said, Hey, it's it's just too hard to come back and forth because uh they just couldn't get a permanent visa. Yeah. But it was okay. It was like, hey man, the year you gave was so valuable. Mm-hmm. They created culture. They helped us push forward. And just to have a friend. Sometimes it's just someone to talk to, to cry to. Yeah, I was going to say, it's more than even what they contributed to the city or to the church. It's what they contributed to your yeah. life and to your health as a human being. Wow. Yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that yeah. you are human too. It's so great. And when you're starting something from scratch or where you're leading, you need to make sure you have two or three people mm. who, who just have your back. Wow, that's good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's, we we talk about it, like you know tough skin, soft hearts, mm. but uh, but I do think a huge a huge thing that I've come to learn, especially during COVID, is that you know if someone's with you for for a year, six months to a year to two years, that they're either going to be the greatest um, like recommendation for you, or they're going to be your worst reputation, right? Because no. people carry all yeah. of the good and all of the bad, yeah. and so I think. One thing I've always realized is like, okay, when I move on, let me focus on the bad, the good things that I've learned from the place that I just came, yeah. opposed to the bad things, and let the bad things figure themselves out, and it's not my problem. But I, I do think we, we do live in an era where young people only remember the bad. They only focus, oh, that place, I left that place because they're this. Yeah. And I'm like, were they that, or were you just not unable to forgive or have grace or, or to bring maturity to yeah. help? build this space yeah yeah i mean because well i going into detail you were in a pretty bad situation in new york yeah and you went through a lot of negative experiences yeah. and yet when you came back you only spoke well of everyone yeah. there and the whole experience yeah. no one would ever known that no, you had a negative experience they, it it was so negative they they were worried that i was talking about well, i know them. they would talk to me <laughs> and say hey has yeah, aaron, what have you heard has aaron said anything to you and then i go yeah, he only just speaks so highly of you. And, of, and they go, okay, you, you, yeah. And every yeah. few months I get this like call or email or something. I mean, I, I had to sit down with them and I was like, you, you're treating me like I, I'm, I'm ratting you out. But I don't, but I don't, but I was protected because I, I felt like God really protected me in that season from a lot of stuff that, but I was catching the energy and the yeah. spirit of the heaviness. But I was, I, I was kept aside from a lot of it. I felt really spared, you know? So I always just felt, and also like, you know, with you, like I had, I, well, I think growing up, I had watched so many people, you know, burn out or get exhausted or not be able to keep up at the pace in which you like live your life. Yeah. And you move fast, you move fast and you move hard. And, and, and then you, and you, then you take breaks. This is the, that's the odd thing is that I think when people, 
I think sometimes we catch the wrong part of, of the, the season that someone's in, you know, or they're like, okay, no, I see that you take time. You know how to take time and rest, but a lot of people don't see it. And so they don't know how to do it. And then they end up just burning themselves out. And like one thing that I think that I learned, especially in New York and in LA is, was like, you, you are, you are your own worst enemy if you are burning out. If you're burning out, it's because you're not able to lead yourself and actually manage your time and your energy wow. and your faithfulness. Because being faithful is going, hey, I'm I'm an awful person if I'm tired and in the room with you having to work. You know, like yeah. I, I know you don't want me there because I, I will kill half your church because I will be not nice to anyone. You know, like it's just knowing how to set yourself up for the win, I think, in, in situations. And rest is a part of that equation to being great, right? Wow. Mm, so good. No. Oh. Love that. All right. So your first crew that came with you. Yeah. They were great. They supported you. And then they left. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, after the, the aftershock, after the earthquake of losing yeah. your first team. And how did, like, I think one of the hardest things in the world is to trust new people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to identify the people that you're going to now build the next phase of the future with. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah, I think uh, the, the people that left, one of the responsibilities was to build others. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's something that, you know, you've passed on to us. I always make sure that people are building people. And so uh, that's what we, we've created here. Because uh, you don't want to do the same thing whether you leave or you, you stay. <laughs> you want to be doing the same thing Forever. for the rest of your life. Yeah. I remember you. I'm so emotional. For those of you that don't know me, I'm very emotional. He is very I'm emotional. Latino. I'm a quarter German. I don't know where the German's at, but I try to get the German The strength. German is the, the repressed emotion. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things that I learned from you is that you moved me from so many teams. And I was like, why is he moving me? Am I not doing a good job? I did <laughs> connections. <get> so sad. <laughs> I did connections. I did setup. I broke things. I fixed things. Yeah. I, I did so many things, but you, I didn't even know looking back now that you were actually preparing me. Absolutely. To be able to see, you never told me this, but I just <laughs> caught it that I, uh, I, I can see each team mm -hmm. uh, and say, oh, I've, I've been on that team. So I know how that works. Only team I've never been on is worship because I can't <laughs> sing at all. <laughs> but but I, I, uh, I can see each team. And so part of the, what happened uh, was that uh, when Pat left and when, when, uh, when Nimitz left, they had created such strong leaders. Yeah. And so uh, some of those are still here. Mm. Some of them are doing something else. But mm. uh, that's, that's the value that Mosaic creates is, hey, I'm going to build into you if you're building into others. Mm. And there's so many times where we put someone in leadership, they don't want to build into others. Right. They just want it to be built around them. Yes. And when you hired me, you said, I didn't hire you to be just a leader. I hired you to make leaders. Mm -hmm. If you don't make leaders, I will fire you. <laughs> that's what you told me. Hopefully you said that in a greater, <laughs> gentler way. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, that's always yeah. stuck into my head. It's like, yeah. how, how do I create more people? Yeah. 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 How do you, you know, build a leadership? And, and, and I think a huge part of that is to be able to see potential in people, mm. which you do very, very well. And, and there's a, a light and a darkness to that. Sometimes the, the shadow of it is you see potential in a person and they never live up to that potential. Yeah. And, and in fact, you may want it more 
for them than they want it for themselves. <laughs> and that doesn't usually go well when you're dragging a person into leadership, kicking and screaming, yeah. right? And then there's another person who may never ask for it, but they are hoping someone sees them. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things that, that is, I think, unique to um, Latin culture yeah. is that oftentimes very gifted people who are Latin American will not push themselves to the front. Yeah. They'll stay a little bit passively in the back until you invite them yeah. uh, to lead. So what do you do when you have a culture where people aren't like volunteering or, or pushing themselves to the front? How, are there some things you've learned to be able to identify some unique talent? Yeah, again, it's just, uh, you know, me being American and Mexican, Bolivian, German, <laughs> you know, but living out there, the advantage of uh, being born in the States is uh, being able to see that gold in somebody else. But you're right. There's sometimes I'm trying to pull gold. I'm trying to pull orange juice out of a grapefruit, you know, <laughs> and just not giving the orange juice back, you know. And so I've learned that, you know, I said, okay, maybe that's not the area for that person. But uh, even the, the, the pace mosaic, uh, works. I've asked you, is there a space for people that might work slower because we move so fast? And you said, yes, there is an area for those, you know, for that person. We have to make space for those kind of people. So one of the things I do is just learning from my experience of uh, working with you and, and being born in the States is being able to push uh, people. Once someone once told me I had never believed in my country mm. until I heard you, you believe in my country. Mm. Uh, he's like, how can you believe more in Mexico than me when I was born here? And so one of the first things I do is live it out. See if I, if I can inspire with my life. And hopefully they, they, they get it and they catch it and they go with it. And then uh, also just speaking into their life. Hey, this is like something good you do. Uh, don't, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. And even what you told us last night in dinner to my wife and I, you know, uh, Christina, you said, how do you break that uh, tendency of, of a Latino that wants to just uh, live with the basic potential, you know, or underneath your potential? Yeah, or the status quo. There's yeah. a status quo and you're just like, hey, one day you're going to own a house. One day you're going to uh, do this and, and, and calling us to more, you know. And so uh, that's what we try to do with our lives, call people to more and how we live. Yeah, I mean, I think a huge thing is like, no matter what culture you are, if, because I do think there's a huge thing, right? Like being Latin, there's a huge, yeah. uh, you're either really machismo or like, you know, yeah. like, like, uh, what is it? Like high self-efficacy, like you're very confident. <laughs> over, over, over the top. Or, or you're, and it also is the opposite, right? So That's both true. at the same time, and you would never put yourself in the front in a spiritual space. So I think a lot of times like, I like at some point you got to step into it, right? Like yeah. especially young people. I'm like, okay, if you want this and you want to be all these things, then either do it or don't, and let's see how you work. Yeah, you know, because I'm like, I've we have had guys that 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 get to you know as high as you can get as leaders because they just are around. Yeah, because they become yeah. your friends and they and they're willing to do the stuff wow. in the in between times and they step up and they don't say no. You know, and wow. it doesn't mean they always say yes, but they take on what they can and they, they're honest and open about it. And I think <laughs> there's a lot of fear sometimes, I think, especially around faith stuff where it's like, there's this kind of, dang, they really, they're really ringing the school bell, huh? <laughs> what is that? 
it's uh, gas. Oh, it's gas? Okay. Gas is we... here. But we gas. don't need it. We don't need it. <laughs> you want to just wait for a minute? Yeah, I'll wait for a second, maybe. Yeah. There we go. Can you pick up? Because you had a just good noise. thought. You had a good thought. Well, uh, I don't know. What was I? What were you talking about? You're talking about just stepping into it, like okay. saying yes. There's the contrast between the chismo or just whole passivity. Well, no, I think you we've know? seen it in almost people being around. We've seen okay. it in almost every one of our campuses, like whether it was in. in <laughs> <laughs> whether it was like in whether it was in Hollywood people started in Hollywood to Venice to then to even even South Pass or in Mexico City it's like you have people who are very confident in their their own their life but the yeah. moment they come to the church they're very passive yeah. people who are really really confident in the church but then when they go into their own life they're like completely indecisive wow. and so it's like yeah. one thing that I think I've found and I'm like you have to just say you've taught me this like you have to say yes when you say no you're turning you may you're turning down a door that you may not want but you're also turning down doors that may open because of the one thing that you didn't want to do will open up doors that you want to do yeah. you know even that and I'm thinking that I'm like I need to call back someone because they offered me something and I said yeah. no because I didn't want to do it and then now I'm like they're probably going to say no for me because I said no in that moment yeah let me let me tell you a secret yes courage is more powerful than talent mm. <laughs> and we can end the podcast now. I'm a coward. I'm a filthy no, coward. This is what people don't actually um, commoditize well. Like um, they think talent is the commodity. They think wow. talent is the is the value, mm. and it's actually courage. Wow, courage is really the rare commodity. The, the, when you have courage, your value increases tremendously. Wow. And, and what's interesting to me is that talent without courage is, is untapped potential. Mm. And, and, but courage uh, without talent is actually an illusion because courage actually awakens talent. Wow. And so what's, what's crazy is that you can actually have talent without courage, but you cannot, you cannot have courage without talent. Wow. Because as you live more courageously, talent emerges. Wow. And people go, you're so talented, but you'll know, oh no, this is the same amount of talent I didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> and what you're seeing is my courage. Yeah. But that courage looks like talent wow. because a lot of courage with a little bit of talent makes you extraordinary. Wow. And a lot of talent with a little bit of courage makes you a tragedy. Wow. And, uh, you know. I'm posting this on Instagram already. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and I, I see that in you. I, when, when, uh, when you first came and talked to me about coming to Mexico City, I actually struggled yeah. with it. And um, some of it was, is Mexico City the right place? Yeah. And because I, I think in terms of like global strategy. Yeah. The second thing was, um, I, I just didn't want to lose you. I just loved having you in my life in LA. Great contribution yeah. at Mosaic and you were very rare. But the third thing is I wanted to protect you. Yeah. I knew you'd been through a lot of pain in your life. Yeah. I knew that you spent a lot of years in prison. Yeah. I knew that you, um, always live with that shadow over you um, a sense of uh, you know wondering if you would ever achieve your potential or a sense of sometimes of insignificance and insecurity and I, I wanted I, I, I wanted to make sure you always succeeded yeah and I felt like I could I could secure your success if I kept you close yeah and I remember I called my brother and I said I got this guy and he is really talented and 
Uh, he's really special, like, but he wants to go to Mexico City and he, he thinks we have a huge brand there. <laughs> he keeps telling me, you're more, you're more influential in Latin America than you know. Mosaic's brand is bigger than you know. And I said, I don't know if he's reading it right. I don't know if he's reading it wrong. And, um, and I, but I just don't want him to go and fail. And then my brother said, oh, so failure is just okay for you. Wow. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you, as far as I know, you've never been afraid to fail. Wow. As far as I know, your whole life has been defined by your willingness to fail. So it's good for you, but not for him. So I have a question for you. <laughs> Why do you protect other people from failing? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a psychological deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. There's a part of me that does protect people yeah. from failing. And, and when, he, when my brother said it to me, I realized, oh, if I really love Emerson and really value him, it seems counterintuitive. The greatest gift I can give you is to let you go fail greatly. Wow. Mm, so good. And so I called you right away. Yeah. I said, let's go. Let's and then in fact, you said, what? There's an earthquake. That's right. Remember. And there was an earthquake. And I felt like that was the sign to, to me. Yeah. That was a sign from God uh, that you're supposed to be here. And mm -hmm. I said, go now. There's an earthquake. People are in tragedy. And I said, no, I don't <laughs> want to go now. There's an earthquake. And, uh, if you're going to rest, you got to rest big. If you're going to fail, you got to fail, you know, with, with some drama. You know, we moved to L.A. in the middle of the L.A. riots. Wow. And the city was on fire. fire. And, you know, that was, I think, a part of the unique moment that God called us into. Mm. And so when there was an earthquake here, I just knew. And it was in, in Condesa, Yeah, Roma, right? all this area. Right, yeah. this whole area. And, and then you were apprehensive to go. <laughs> and uh, but see, like once I knew, yeah. like once it was clear in my mind and heart that this was the greatest gift I could give you. Mm. And because um, I didn't ever want to take something for you. I wanted to genuinely give you something. And then I could see you're apprehensive, like, no, bro, you gotta, you gotta go, this is the moment. And, uh, and you were gone pretty fast. It was yeah. like, yeah. And how, how, was it just weeks? No. It was a couple months. Oh, wait, wait, from, from the moment you said go the first time or the yeah, time? Yeah, January, yeah, right? when you said go is when me and you came. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah, actually yeah. started, because yeah. uh, before that you said- You went right away for uh -huh. the earthquakes yeah. without me. To go help. To go yeah. help. Yeah, yeah. And Pastor Kim gave us like 30,000. For global. For like global to, help. to come help. And, yep. and we to helped build it. tents, yeah, yeah, yeah. helped kids. And one of the things I know about you, and this is one of the things I, I love about you, is that like, you're not bougie, bro. You're gritty. Like you, you like bougie things, you know. Yeah. Somebody wants to take you to a bougie restaurant, yeah. or you want to stay in a really. Like we all like nice things, you know, a nice hotel, whatever. It's like great. Somebody should take them on a great vacation. But, but Look, you're, when, when you come from nothing, it's nice to have nice. It's nice <laughs> to want. It's nice to be around nice things sometimes. But, but you're gritty, man. You you'll get your hands dirty. You'll you know you put your sweat into all the work. You are willing to be among the poor. Uh, you are uh, willing to to be among the sick. You. Um, you are fearless in the way you serve people. In fact, um, I, wanted to, I want to talk about protecting people from failure. It's probably one of the worst things you can do to someone. That's yeah. a good message. So why do we handicap other people in our lives? Yeah. Because I remember when he left yeah. Venice. Venice was what I guess it would probably because you were there for like about six months. Yeah. Seven months when yeah. you knew you were ready to go. Yeah. But we had kind of just started it. Yeah. And then and then you left yeah. and Venice was dying <laughs> like we kept going wednesday nights for a little bit and it was yeah. growing 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 and then we lost our venue and then and then it just died and then you and had was, maybe a little over 100 150 oh, I mean, people we moved four venues 
I we'd, mean, we'd just, gone to like over 300 and then we went when we just everything that could go wrong went yeah. wrong went wrong so from like easter when we launched to that summer i like it dropped into a third mm-hmm. and we had moved and no one was coming people with kids didn't want to come because we didn't they didn't know where we were ever going to be i remember calling you begging you to kill it and that's when he called me and said, I think we should end Venice. I think, you know. I was like, put me we, out of, I remember saying, put me yeah. out of my misery. <laughs> yeah. And I remember in that moment, I said to Aaron, well, there's another option. Mm. Yeah. And he said, what's that? And I said, why don't you just get to work mm. and um, get everything you have. And he said, you should, you should at least like grow the thing. Like try yeah. to grow the thing. Grow yeah. the thing. Don't quit. Like, I am trying to grow the thing. No one wants to come. <laughs> He's nah. like, we'll speak every week. And, and if it dies, then yeah. It was your fault, and if it didn't, then then it probably you probably won't take the the credit for it anyway. <laughs> and you got the phone call from the school. The phone, yeah, I mean, which years well, years ago we had gone to try to two years it. before, we had we had met with them, mm-hmm. and we, with a different staff person who wasn't even around anymore, and and they were like, we'd love to have you, but there's already a, a little like an, a little old like black church who'd been yeah. there for forty years. Yeah, yeah. They paid like. Hundred dollars in rent, and I was like, "I'll dub all quad dog <laughs> times ten. I'll pay them to meet at a different time. Like, please, like, just let us in." And they were like, "No, they wouldn't let us." And then, and then we were in Mexico, and I got an email, and it was yeah. like the principal. But I remember you were like, "If it dies, it's your fault. Just get to work. Just, get like, just, just give like, it everything you got." See, but I, I believe that that phone call was a sign. Yeah, yeah. because that yeah. you grew it. We the grew church it. Grew. Once it, we stopped worrying about growing, we started growing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> was, I got to go back and speak at it. Yeah. And, and it, was it, was so, it was packed. Yeah. Crazy. But you already had it packed. And that's the thing. It's like sometimes yeah. there's those signs and those calls from, from God that yeah, are but, encouraging. Yeah. But there was that little voice in your head telling you, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. And then when you guys would just start speaking every week and giving yourself to it completely. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just think that God, you, we, we keep wanting God to show up when we don't show up. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we can end it again. You know? <laughs> and it's like if you want God to show up, then wow. show up, right? You, you know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy, right? Because like we're we're working, we flew on Sunday night, and then we were shooting all day Monday, kind of, and then it's just Tuesday now. We're getting ready for this podcast on Friday, but I, you know, we got back to the hotel after dinner, and I'm working with these guys, and and I don't necessarily know both of their faith backgrounds, but I know one guy doesn't necessarily resonate with, like, faith, though I think the first, the longest time he's ever spent in church was in a meeting last week <laughs> when we hung out, and, and we're working on a new business together, and they work incredibly fast. Wow. Like, they already have an incredibly successful, they're young guys, too, business. They're absolutely smashing, at least at least from what it looks like and what they're, what they're gracious enough to, like, kind of share insight on, and I was so impressed because I'm you know, it's two in the morning for me. I'm waiting for Austin. He's editing something. He also works very, very hard. He's working until yeah. two in the morning editing. And they're sending me business plans and data. And I'm going, there's no way that they have time to do the breakdowns, the cost yeah. anal- like, an- like analysis. Analytics, of, yeah. Of, yeah. And, and they know nothing about this business we're working on. None of us do. We all just like what we're doing. I'm not going to say what it is yet. And I was so amazed that like they, they've, they've failed before. They've made lots of money before. They, I think they were telling us like they used to sell like fidget spinners, like this little thing. <laughs> he like, he's like, we've just always been hustlers. We just hustle. We just work. And I was like, just the things like they don't, they don't know any more than I do. I'm texting friends. They're Googling things. And I was so impressed by their, their, will, their unwillingness to fail. <laughs> They're just gonna, like, no, we're going to do this. And then we're going to figure out a way to be profitable. And they think in such a way I didn't think. And I'm like, man, if we could get a little bit of this guy's genius 
into the church side of things. You know what I mean? Like we would just be in a different ball game. And I'm like, it was definitely convicting for me because I was like, okay, sometimes I think I slow myself up because I want to slow the failure process. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think last week in Battle Radio, I said that these guys at this uh, hundred million mastermind, one of the guys said that money loves speed. Yes. Right. Well, let me just adjust that a little bit. Opportunity loves speed. Wow. And I think a lot of us feel like God never gives us opportunity. And it's just that we're just so slow that we miss all these wow. endless opportunities. Wow. And, you know, I just, yeah. like, even when we're here in Mexico City, an opportunity has opened up that, yeah. you know, through your relationships. And, but, and but it, it told me something about myself because you say this all the time. I'm like, I, I postured myself in this new company that I said yes to, to yeah. joining. And they offered it. They, we, we, we yeah. were brought they together want by you. They want me. I want them. <laughs> but I posture myself like I'm going to fail. And they posture themselves like, there's no way. <laughs> like, and, and then you're we're not going to fail. We're going to make this work. But you're the one that has Jesus. So you're the one that has faith. You and should be the one saying, <laughs> we're, we're going to do this. <laughs> you know? and, and I wonder, and, and, I, and, and there's, there's some that's to it, right? Because I, I do think, and I'm not going to speak for him, but I'm going to hypothesize for him. Because okay. I, I actually want to bring both of them on because they're like crypto geniuses. Yeah. They're just so in the culture with crypto and Reddit mm -hmm. and everything. And I want to have a session where they just chat about it. But I do think because maybe he resonates a bit, like he, I don't know if he resonates with God. I, from what I understand, he's an atheist. So I'm going, if, if he's from, at least from what I see, he's going, there's no God to save me. So I have to save myself. And so I, if, if, if I'm not blaming my failure on God, and I think sometimes as Christians, as faith people, mm. we blame our failures on God. God didn't want this to happen for me. And I'm like, no, I think God wants, genuinely wants all good things to happen to you. Did you want it enough to go and get it yourself? Wow. And it's a, I'm like, I'm being, I was like, I woke up guilty this morning. I was like, no, no, no more sleep until I'm outworking the guy <laughs> who genuinely believes. And I'm like, and I'm seeing him going, God put this guy who doesn't believe in God in my life to help bring me to a new season. That's so good. So, so much to unlock, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, it, there is. And I just think that, when you're talking about starting from scratch, that people who start from scratch, it, it is the fulfillment of opportunity love speed, mm -hmm. that you, you just go and you do it. Yeah. Uh, because when you start from scratch, there's no proof you'll succeed. Yeah. When you start from scratch, you don't have the material that other people can see yeah. that justifies what you're doing. I mean, everyone who probably looked from the outside of what you were doing was certain you were gonna fail. Yeah. And, and that's why it's so, important to not listen to other people mm. <laughs> when they're evaluating God's calling on your life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even early on, I mean, yeah. everything they told us was, it's, it's super hard. Oh, everybody was telling us this was impossible. Mexico City's yeah. hard. You, mosaic isn't gonna work here, it's the culture. Yeah. They actually told us to go somewhere else. I know. Yeah, but in, <laughs> somebody told us to go. Yeah, so another, oh, yeah. yeah. Another, like, no, you're, it's not going to work there. But, but yeah. let me tell you the thing, and I know this isn't necessarily yeah. going to be popular to say. Okay. Whenever Americans go to Latin America, okay. they always go to work in impoverished areas. Mm. And then they wonder why they don't change the landscape of the nation. Wow. Because if you don't reach that nation's thinkers, creators, leaders, then you're not going to change the future of the nation. And one of the things we said is if you're going to come here, you're going to suck it up. Yeah. You know, maybe your background isn't 
their background and maybe they didn't go to federal prison yeah. and maybe, you know, they're not all tatted up and maybe they didn't, you know, go you through what you've been through after, 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 after prison. prison. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you're going to go and you're going to stand in the palaces of Kings. Wow. And, um, and you came to Condesa, Polanco, uh, to Roma, to Juarez, because this is the epicenter of Mexico City's culture. Yeah. This is the creative epicenter. And people did not think that it would work. It would work. Wow. And what, you know, one of the things I'm going to share, one of the things that I felt like God was saying to me this year, and I had to have reinforcement because I was, when I was speaking at this event in Miami, right when I was walking up on stage, I had this, I always think like, what, what, what's my first opening line? Yeah. And my opening line was going to be, um, I always think it's amazing when I'm in a room I don't belong in. Mm. And right before I said that, it's like, I felt like I heard God say to me, I already told you, you belong in every room. And I felt like I had this reprimand in my soul in that moment. And so I had to like find a different first line because I was trying to be, you know, funny and honest, (laughs) you know, and uh, I didn't, you know, in my mind, I didn't belong in that room. They all have companies that make a hundred million and more. They all paid hundred thousand dollars to be there. I don't have that. And so I didn't, you know, I'm like, I don't belong in this room. And yet what I heard inside of my own like soul was, when, when are you going to finally believe you belong in every room? Yeah. And what has happened here is God has like put you in every room. It's so cool. And it's been amazing uh, to watch that, you know. And, and I, I want to give people some um, practical range. You started from zero and within a year, what was the most people you, you had on like Sunday? I think we uh, we hit you know, two thousand like five hundred. Yeah, because you're not allowed to say that because it sounds cocky unless <laughs> someone asks you. No, it was. and and it was the time you came. Yeah, you came and our, you didn't need to throw that in. There. <laughs> no, but, no, I mean, but it worked. Yeah. It, it's like it's. I the, mean, there were times where I came. Yeah, and, and there was thing was that thing was people yeah. hanging from the ceilings. Like it was. Yeah. People were just so. People are for so sure. hungry for. And, and, and what I want to say is that yeah. you came, but the number stayed. Yeah. So every time it went it would out, just increased, but it yeah. stayed. Yeah, because I think the first time I came, we had 600 and yeah. we kind of hit that, you know, we yeah. were so excited and, you yeah. know, and what, what I, the reason I wanted to highlight that is you went from zero to 2,500 in a year. And a lot of people will look at and go, oh, wow, that is a great reflection of your talent. I'm not saying it's not, I think it is, but it's also a great reflection of the hunger mm. in the city, the For need, sure. the desperation people had to connect to God at a deeper level, connect to Jesus in an authentic and raw uh, and beautiful way. And I I think this is important. When you're starting something from scratch, your greatest motivation is to meet the need that people desperately have. And when you do anything, whether it's in the business world or whether it's in the realm of, 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 of church life, when you're genuinely doing something to meet the needs of others, don't be surprised when the response is overwhelming, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because then you're actually doing um, the very thing that, that Jesus came to do, yeah. you know, and it's, it's to me a, a pretty beautiful thing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and your place, like when I came on Sunday, I was so shocked because there are a lot of senior adults. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect that. I thought there'd be like 2,500, you know, kids yeah, under, under, you know, 28 or something like that. Cause what they call Hollywood's, 
pretty young, right? Exactly. You know, but but Mosaic Mexico was multi generational instantly. You come to church, you bring every generation with you. Everybody, you bring your so mom, remarkable. your grandmom, your yeah. grand grand aunt, aunt. You know, you little like, kids to like great grandma in yeah. the same crew coming Crazy. to church. Crazy, but one of the things I used was a strategy, and you taught us know your audience, know your audience, know your audience. So for me, it was. I realized, okay, earlier in the morning, uh, our 11 and 1 is older. Yeah, that's not early in the morning, bro. Okay, that's not early in the morning. That's in Mexico. That's in our church. 11. Like, <laughs> why? Because no one will come. Before that's Latin 11. American sunrise. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> but business people, they won't, 11 is like yeah. this, on a Sunday, that's when you. you yeah, Sunday's like, it's family day, it's rest day, they, they stay home. Yeah. And so uh, the, the earlier crowd was older, and so I started wearing a suit jacket. Yeah. I still had my jeans and stuff, but I was covering my tattoos. Yeah. And it's just a strategy of uh, tattoos in Latin America, they're, they're not accepted yet. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I was going to retain them by what you taught us is know your audience. Because mm -hmm. if you don't know your audience, then you're just you speaking. Mm -hmm. And that night, I would, yeah. the layers would come off. You know? so, <laughs> <laughs> tats were out. You know, we were yeah. having fun at 6 yeah. and 8, and, and, yeah. it, and it was a great time. And that's, I think, a lot of times we just want to push, like, Oh, this is how I am. You know, this is, you just, I'm all tatted up, just accept me. They know I got tattoos. Yeah. You know, it's just a respect. They're, grateful that you yeah. hide them. <laughs> They're just grateful because they can bring grandma now, you know? <laughs> grandma will accept me. Yeah. You know, and then once they know me, they're like, oh, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think this has been, we've been going for 40 minutes. So a great conversation. Yeah. No, I think it's awesome. I think. One, I think one of the, the favorite, uh, one, I, I, we'll close it out, yeah. Do you want to close it out with anything? Go ahead, go ahead. No, you usually are this, the pinch and draw. I'll just do all the details at the end. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else in my mind. Okay. You know? I got it. I got it. Okay. Well, one, of the, one I think it's when we do, oh, there's the lady with the truck. <laughs> Mexico City has all these crazy things, like the people who bring gas, yes. like literally gas. People that bring People who, get your trash. She, she wants the, she wants like your the furniture. Metals, yeah. She wants your furniture. She wants your metal. money. She wants your, yeah. 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 Mattresses. Mattresses. No, I see, I consider this the entrepreneurial spirit of Latin America. <laughs> I mean, Latin America. I mean, there was, we were at dinner last night and it happens all the time, but there was a guy with a guitar. Yeah. He just puts down his cash app thing. I'm like, bro, you, he he's, it up. okay. One of our, one of our guys was like, we don't have cash. He goes, that's fine. Credit card swipe right here. Wow. He's like, what song do you want? Take a song. He puts his iPad out. I'm like, these entrepreneurial, it's like the entrepreneurship of the city here. It's just hilarious. It's amazing. <laughs> but what I was going to say is, one, I, I love doing these podcasts. We haven't done one like this from like a, starting from scratch in a while. Mm -hmm. But I, I know that uh, it's been good to be back. It's crazy that a year later in COVID, ne neither one of us have opened back up, but we're all doing renovations and getting things ready. Then I feel like the excitement is building is like we, the more we're building buildings, the more excited we've been about getting people back in them and, and connecting with people connecting with people on a large scale. But I do really think that COVID has been one of the best things for us. One of the scariest things because for, for so long in the beginning, we we're like, will we exist? You never know. There's a, you know, we were hopeful, we were faithful, we were confident that, that, that people still yeah. would appreciate it. But we're like, will this thing still be a thing yeah. a year later? And I think, it, I think it's more relevant now than it was before it. Yeah, stronger. Right? Yeah. We adapted and I think we're adapting. And I'm like looking in this room and like behind the cameras, there's just literally like bags of sand and concrete, like ready to be made and poured. And there's bricks over there and there's scaffolding here and there's railings and there's no AC and it's hot and sometimes it's cold and there's no floor. And I'm like, this is going to be a place where thousands of people come someday in the heart of Roma. 
and we get to, we're, we're like, I feel like we're lucky. We're like super blessed to be able to yeah. do in Hollywood and South Pass and all over the world in such cool places. Yeah. And we just love being a part of this and we love uh, joining you in the great risks you and Christina have taken and congrats on the twins. Thank you. That may be your greatest uh, <laughs> risk. <laughs> which, which we didn't even boys. get into the miracle of that, but it's, yeah. it's so cool. You have three boys now, a little army. I remember when you came to me brokenhearted because doctors told you you've, you guys would never have kids. Never have children. And you said, I want kids more than anything in the world. And would you just pray that one day we would have at least one child? And, um, and then it was a miracle when Christina got pregnant. You guys had Lincoln. And I remember when you, you were like so satisfied going, I can't believe it. They told me I'd never have a, a child, never have a son. And now I have a son. But you got greedy. Mm. <laughs> you, got, yeah, you got greedy for you with God. And, and you realize, oh, wow, if God would answer the prayer and give us one child when we were told we could never have a child, why, why couldn't he do that again? And, uh, and then you came back with twins. And maybe that for me is my closing thought is that what makes you special is that you get greedy with God. You realize when God answers a prayer that he's really willing to do a lot more. And you go back to the table and you say, hey, Lord, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for others. And but uh, it seems to me you have more available than I thought. And people like you, um, you, you don't just change your, the, your life. People like you change the lives of everyone who comes in contact with you. Wow. That's why we're honored to be your friend. Thank you so much. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that breaks the rules oh. to your podcast. Okay. But I learned three things in this lesson. Yeah. And I like to write three things. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I learned is, uh, you know, you honor your leaders. Mm-hmm. You, wait, you wait for the right time. And sometimes it's hard. And uh, the, the second thing that I heard you guys speak was take a risk. You know, take that risk. Don't wait and blame God, like you said, Aaron, for what you're not willing to do. And then the third thing is just the God factor, mm-hmm. you know, because I've asked you, like, what does it take for this to happen? And you said, there's a special touch of God. And I know that the hand of God is on Aaron. And, and um, you know, we, we've seen it with this podcast, how it's impacting the whole world. So it's an honor for me to be on here. I love you guys. And I miss you guys all the time. I hope to get to go to L.A. soon. Uh, eat some in and out and, <laughs> and hang out with you guys. Every time I ask you, like, what do you want from LA? Oreos. <laughs> Just give me a ton of Oreos. When I land in LA, you're like, you bring him straight here. I know. Because he wants to go in and out. That's what I was saying. But I'm I like, want to go with him. Bro, like, he's either, I'm like, where's Emerson? He's either uh, Target, or Walmart, or an in and out. All right. All right. Closing commercial. Listen to the Bad Rating Podcast. Thank you for listening so much. Thank you for every person who rates and reviews this podcast. Go to iTunes, rate this podcast, review it, give us five stars, give us some of your thoughts. Be positive. Um, You can check this out on YouTube as well if you want to see the building that we are in, uh, which is pretty exciting. And you can also listen to this on Spotify and a dozen other places. But thank you for joining the Bad Ready Podcast. This comes out. This is Friday when this is releasing. We will probably already be back in LA, but you'll get to see a snippet of what we are doing here in Ciudad de Mexico. Ooh, come on. All right. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye, guys.